he is someone who I, I did not know this, but they were like when Pulp Fiction came out, he did so many things where people were like, I didn't know you could do that in a movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they were like, now you can't. Like you couldn't, but he knows so much about movies that he knows how to break the rules yeah. in a way that it changes the rules. Totally. And I get that. Changer, yeah. But I said the same thing about him using the N-word. In Pulp Fiction, him using the N-word is like, oh my God, can you do that? It's so, it's like, wow, PC culture, and he's like doing this. Now it's just like, do you, do you, should you be using the N-word? So I know you're saying <laughs> your character is saying it, but who's writing the script? <laughs> also, like, is it necessary for, you know, black people will call several things outside of the N-word. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. They call themselves several things outside of the N-word. You, uh, you used one in this one, Colored Man. So... <laughs> Very historical boy, even if you want. We just have other words. So if you're using the N word now, it's not because it's envelope pushing or you're edgy. You're just like, I was a white guy who got away with it. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> when the What up, bros? What up, bros? Are you gonna do that every? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm, I was. I've, I've been listening to a lot of Lauren Hill. There's a lot of runs. Ooh, yeah. You know, like bros. Yes. You want those runs? You want them? <laughs> and welcome to your Brown Meets World podcast. When it's Brown Meets World. No, now you got. Wow. You know, I really threw you, you off. Know why? Because I was thinking about the runs. I was just like, <laughs> did I go too far? <laughs> You didn't go too far. I loved it, but I... Uh, when it's Brown Meets World. <laughs> Welcome to episode 49. I'm Siege. And I'm TC. How you doing, Tony? Um, you know what? I'm doing good. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, this episode... Uh, I have thoughts. <laughs> I, it's one of these... I have to say, this episode, as soon as I figured out what episode it was, I had a certain perception of what I was going to feel about it. And then at the end of it, I was just like, wow, I just went through a lot of roller coasters of emotions of just like being on board and off board and on board and off board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say the exact same thing. Um, you just want to get into it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, just, do let's just jump Let's in. do the tell me about it. Tell me. Give me one more time. Come on. <laughs> I'm keeping all this. We, in you there. just started season three, guys. I'm rusty. <laughs> Ready? Keep yeah, going. Yeah. Go. Tell me about it. This is season three, episode three, What I Meant to Say. When Corey's emotions get the best of him, he catches Topanga off guard and tells her that he loves her. Topanga's evasive attitude confuses Corey and he is left completely bewildered when she breaks up with him. In a B storyline, Turner's friend Eli returns and gets a job as John Adams' new media arts teacher. Okay, first thoughts. First thoughts, I like Eli. At least in this episode. Like I I'm I'm I, I'm, I'm warming up to Eli and I want to see where we go with it. Cause right now to me, I don't know, like his character seems a little character caricature. Yeah, sure, I get that. But you know, you know, I have to say I do like the idea that he's like a social justice person looking. Yes. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna go into there. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to do it for the first sure, of all, I will yeah. say this is the episode of the iconic throwing of the jacket. And the moment he entered her bedroom, which we will come to, um, I see him throw the jacket. Or I remember that scene of him throwing the jacket and I will say that I was like, oh, this is a this is a moment we're gonna come back to. Sure. Very, very often. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, before we go any further, let's talk a little bit about our roll call. Roll call. Um, I, I have to say, I started this episode and I was like, oh, I was wrong because just last week I was like, they're not really giving Eric love interest anymore. And in this episode, here he is with some chick. Well, so um it's interesting because I think you're not wrong. I think this episode it was relevant. Yeah, but I think most of Eric's story arc overall will be school based. Uh, school based. Yeah. Like there's there this episode was kind of like Eric's hot, which Eric is hot in this episode. Um <laughs> like I know you don't care but I'm just saying Eric is working. He has great hair. He's working His the hair. hair. The tucked in polo even's doing it for me. Like sure. that's not a look that most people can pull off. I like him in oversized sweaters, oversized <laughs> Kurt Cobain sweaters. Did I tell you that um I don't know if you 
You did not know me in middle school, but in middle school, I wore oversized sweater vests all the time because Chandler wore oversized sweater vests, and I thought Chandler from Friends was the coolest person ever, so I wore sweater vests. I'm glad to know <laughs> that a 90s Matthew Perry was your style icon. <laughs> of um, all people, it was Matthew Perry. <laughs> wow. And you thought like, oh, no, it's the sweater vests that are making him cool and funny. That's, wow. <laughs> um, but going back to Roll Call, in our Roll Call, we have Christy, mm-hmm. played by Anastasia Horn. Christy, no last name, by the way, because no. we never learned her last name. <laughs> Eric doesn't know her last name. <laughs> um, played by Anastasia Horn, who is from Kids Incorporated. Do you remember that I show? I don't. Uh, I remember it kind of like, it was this early 90s, 91, 92 show. I think it was like even earlier than that, but, like, she was part of the remake in those early 90s. Uh, it was just kind of, like, Zoom or any one of those, like, compilation kids. Like Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, Mickey of. Mouse Club type situation. Um, and she did other bit parts throughout the 90s, but this is, like, nothing really, like, sure. outstanding. Sure. Ken the Corporator was her biggest thing. Um, and then, also, he doesn't have a name, but I felt important to bring up Guy with flowers. Guy, I was going to bring up the jock with the flowers. I Guy with flowers. I was very interested in getting your thoughts on him. Okay, so let's get, like, I want to start just from there. Okay. So, um, I, because he he kind of leads us into the characters in this episode, um, but most importantly, he's introduced when Sean comes in, and Sean's, Sean sees Corey with flowers, and he kind of rips them well, away. Well, we have to, well... Um, First, Corey tells Topanga, obviously. Yeah. Corey tells Topanga that he loves her. And then um, Sean is coming through with all of this nonsense. Yeah. And he's just like, um, you never tell a girl that you love her. Um, now they're going to expect to hear it. They're going to expect you to be like this whipped guy, basically, is what he's saying. So for him, Corey saying, I love you to Topanga... Um, he's not even really hearing about what the situation means for Corey and Tabanga. No, no, he's completely focused on himself. He's only focused on what it will now mean for his dating life, as is Eric. Although it seems to affect Eric more than Sean. Uh, absolutely. That's another thing that's really weird. It's like, Sean's like, oh my god, it's gonna change dating in yeah. all of, um, John Adams, and then we only see it affect Eric. Yeah, Sean's with a different girl, like, every scene, so I don't see how it would really Is he matter. even with a, a no, girl? No, I mean, like, he's I not- We hear he him talk about his date yeah. that he went on at Chubby's, but we don't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's that. Um, but basically, any attempts that Corey has to express that love outside of just saying it, Sean's all about knocking it down. So he goes, he sees Corey about to give Topanga flowers. He grabs the flowers and says, Corey, what are you doing? And then a uh, jock is walking by and Sean like kind of throws the flowers into the uh, jock's chest and he takes the flowers and walks off. And that's pretty much... The end well, of he, like, there is a comedic pause of him being handed the flowers. He has this, like, look of shock and amazement yeah. when they're given to him. And he just kind of walks off, like, he kind of made his day. And I was like, it's kind of interesting, because when I first see that scene, I'm like, it's supposed to be kind of like a gay joke. But it's but not really. It's, it's not. more so just, like, it's interesting that a jock is, like, receptive to flowers. Exactly. And it, and it does seem like it made his day. And there's no real tension there it's almost as as if to say you're silly for assuming that like only certain people enjoy flowers exactly and i was fine with it and And then (laughs) later on sean's like all right you know what i'm not really understanding this what happened between you and topanga um let's act it out pretend that i'm topanga and Corey kind of recites like you know what uh what he says to topanga at chubby's which is you know i'm falling i have these feelings for you and i love you and uh, this is in Turner's classroom, and the camera pans, and we see that everyone is outside the door listening to them, including the jock with the flowers. Exactly. Well, he's front and center, yes. and he's holding the flowers, and he it's like he feels betrayed because hearing Corey and Sean say, I love you, or hearing Corey say, I love you to Sean, now makes Sean's love token, I guess, of the flowers... Um, this is where we learned that the jock wasn't excited about flowers. He was excited about the idea that Sean gave him flowers. Exactly. And he was kind of touched. And so that that means a few things. One, if this was real life, what we are now saying is that there was a gay jock in the 90s who felt that someone was outwardly expressive to him and he was down for it. No one else really made fun of it, but 
probably the only other out person, and he now feels seen. Yep. And that was just taken away from him. So, there's that. Sure. On the other end, you have, from a comedic point, this season does a lot of... It really, like... Just edging homophobic. It's, it's just like, like, I don't know where they stand, because they keep bringing up, like... LGBTQ characters in various ways, but it's never disparaging, like, it's never discouraging, or, like, they're never mocking or making fun of, but it's just kind of this tongue-in-cheek of isn't it funny that they exist at all kind of thing. Exactly, and it's it's this this comedy or this keep referencing of them existing and their existence being funny that is kind of borderline because again it's there's no judgment no one in school is just like oh you thought sean was into you no one um sean doesn't say i now have to avoid billy in the hallways or anything like that it's just kind of like accepted he thought that this was more than it was he's now hurt but we're gonna move right on i imagine that this is like 94 95 a like white liberal writers who think that they're like so woke, but that actually, like, they're still a little bit offensive. Yeah. Like a Joe Biden liberal. Like a, <laughs> you know, like... A yeah, Joe Biden liberal. Yeah, you're liberal, but there's some things that are like... <laughs> I am told you that a Joe Biden liberal is my new favorite. Yeah, um, yeah but that, that all that is good, but I also wanted to just talk about who Sean is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in this moment. Um, starting with Sean, first of all, we get the introduction of Idiot Savant. Sean. Sean at one point speaks fluent French, um, which he says he does knows because he's an idiot savant. Um, no, what he says is, oh, I'm an idiot savant. You didn't know? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like it was this thing. Sean, Sean, you were right. Oh, equally, absolutely. On ce qui concerne les affaires d'école, je suis. Where did you learn how to speak French? I'm an idiot savant. You didn't know that? Cool. Never brought up again. <laughs> and now, as far as the series go, it does come back later in the episode where Sean says something else in French. Corey responds, what does that mean? Sean's like, I just speak it. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So I like that, first of all, always, that bit of comedy. This is the writing that we love about Boy Meets World. But Sean's feelings on love, the expression of love, where are you at? I the first one of the first things I wrote down was that Sean's first concern is that all girls are now going to want to hear that uh, guys love them. All girls are going to want commitment. Yep. And it, it just showed me that this is just another example of Sean being afraid of commitment in a way that's not directly about Sean being afraid of commitment. That's a very good point. So, like, when the idea of, like, him being with a girl who's pressuring him or he feels the need to, like, say, I love you, I only want to be with you, I want to, like, do all that, He Sean's not in the place. He hasn't been shown that to know how to give that. So I think that's where this is coming from. Although him and Eric are quite shitty in this dynamic. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Eric more so than Sean, but we'll get to him. No, I feel like it's equal. I mean, and I feel like what it's showing us is... Okay. The uh, the only thing I'm going to say is, what it's showing us is the male understanding of what it means to be in a relationship. Because if we're taking that for fact, these guys, you're allowed to do whatever you want physically. We saw last week him making out with all of these girls. Uh, Eric is in a situationship with uh, yeah. Christy, and everything seems to be fine. The moment love is brought into it, like, it's fine if you're seeing someone and it's casual and it's all physical. The moment love is brought into it is when you are chained down. And there's all of these steps that you're supposed to do. And the guys want to avoid being tied down to that at all costs. I had trouble understanding what the show's message was about that. Because, like, at one point in the story, they're like, oh, all women are going to want to hear that they, they're loved and that, you know, I love you and all that shit. But in the first scene, we're shown that the woman who got it told to did not was not receptive of it, did not like it. So it's almost like this conflicting thing of, well, that's not actually what girls want, only to end the show with, oh, no, I mean, yeah. Well, actually, I, so I want to I wanna get on Corey and Topanga a little bit later, but right now, I, A, you're right. It's sending conflicting messages because what 
Sean says is, this is what all girls want. Even in that sentence, he's like, oh, Topanga's going to be all over you. And she's not. Yeah. Um, and then, but then they show Christy is this person where Eric feels the need to say it. And Eric is, like, trying to backtrack and is like, hey, you know, like, my brother said it and it really ruined his relationship. This is why I think Eric is shittier than Sean because Eric actually goes the extra mile into telling a woman that he does not love, that he is in love with her, for what? Well, so again, I, from Sean's perspective... This is something that all teenage boys have to do. And I'm saying that the show is making the argument that th- from the from the teenage boys' perspective, it is, this is a requirement now. It's kind of like, um, I don't really know how to say it other than it's like, once this domino has been hit, all the other ones must Yeah, fall. Sean and Eric do seem to be in complete alignment that this is going to, like, rattle the dating scene at Well, Jonah's. they also seem to think that they have no choice in it. Like, the, yeah. the Eric seems to believe that he has no choice but to do this. Yeah. And that's where I'm really bothered by, is there's this, this hidden episode or this hidden storyline of why Eric and Sean feel like this is the requirement. There's no right. exploration of that. It's just, hey, this is what you have to do. This is what everyone knows, apparently. Maybe maybe this episode is about, uh, you know, a teenager's understanding of what love is. I love that you say that because, again, I, that's where I want to go when we hit the Topanga Because set. it seems as though the reason why Sean and Eric are like, this is something we have to say because of this, this, and that, is because they're under this understanding that just the words themselves are some kind of, like, binding contract in a relationship of some kind. Whereas what Corey is talking about is the actual feeling of being in love with someone which is i mean however like impractical as it is for him as a teenager to feel that way it's coming from a much more sincere place than what eric and sean are doing absolutely so that brings me to the part of that i wanted to bring up of saying i love you in high school um where are you at with that um uh, every person i know did it (laughs) every person i know probably have the same understanding of it as these children do um, and very rarely has it been said since high school for people that started dating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, so it was interesting to me because we are getting, this is kind of an interesting time in Boy Meets World because we are establishing dating. Yeah. Like dating, we did a little bit of dating, uh, last season, but now it seems to be more of Central. That was one of the notes I took is that this episode starts with Corey and Topanga dating as if they've been together for fucking years. Like they were really There's a lot to say about yeah. that. But like it's them dating. Um Sean was seen on a date earlier, Eric seen dating, and there's this conversation of now that we're at this age, we're supposed to be dating and what we're supposed to do. Um when Corey expresses himself, which I would say is smart to do and be like, hey, this is where I'm at. It freaks Topanga out because she's like, we're 14, as you should, because yeah. you are 14. We've only been dating for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, for me, I guess there's just this discussion on the response to that, both from Corey, kind of by Topanga's reaction, and definitely from Sean and Eric, is you don't express your true feelings. You keep it to yourself. Or else, A, she gets all the power, and B, you risk being rejected. The problem with your relationship is, Topanga's got all the power now. What power? The power you give up when you say, I love you. But I do. I mean, what's wrong with saying how I feel? What's wrong with telling someone? Yeah, 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 but, but, but look, the longer you can go in a relationship without saying those words, the more power you hold. It's in books, man. What books are you reading? Men are from Mars. Women want to blow Mars out of the stinking sky. But I think that's from the understanding that you, you, your true feelings aren't... They don't have the weight of being real. They're just like this, like, you know, once you say this, you lose power. And it has nothing to do with what those words actually mean. It's the lack of power that you lose from being able to emotionally manipulate a situation. Absolutely. And I think like, that we didn't even talk about emotionally manipulation, uh, which we should. Which is what Eric is doing to Christy. 
Absolutely. And it's what Sean is encouraging. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's kind of where I was trying to get at with this, where we, you and I are having this discussion is, did you ever feel that way? Like, what was your... I mean, I think Boy Meets World definitely played a part in me believing that having a relationship was like, should be your top priority in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that everyone is a little quick to say they're in love when they're not really sure what it means. Which I love that you say that, and I love that this episode explores that. Yeah. Again, a little bit later, I want to talk about Topanga's response, sure. because I feel like it's, for me, it's the most important part of sure. this episode. And I, like, even watching it, like, there was times where I was, like, really judging these characters, but I couldn't think of a certain, like, a single character that behaved in a way that I probably didn't, like, the, the way I behaved when I was their age. You know what I mean? Like, I was Sean, Eric, and Corey, and Topanga at one point in high school. Um, so I, I can't really give them too much flack for that. Again, without really dating in high school, it's hard. Like, I can kind of think of, like, when I'm older. Sure. But like, at 14, I don't think, like, the words I loved you were ever used no. outside of, like, friendship groups. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like if you talk to different people, people have different recollections of high school. But as far as I know... The hardcore coupling wasn't happening until, like, junior, senior year. Yeah, exactly. Like, underclassmen weren't... Like, if they were dating, it wasn't, like, a super serious thing. If there was I love yous, it was very, like, I love you. Like, very, yeah. like, little kid shit. Like, it had no... Like, there was no... Like, dating wasn't... Um, we're gonna see each other on the weekends. It was gonna we're gonna hold hands to class. There was an understanding of the limitations yes. that we had in our position. Yeah. Um, and that's how I see it as well. Also, something that I always I literally have been saying it probably since I was 14, and I still say it now, which is that whenever I say I love you, I understood that I'm saying it at I'm saying it in the terms of I of what I am capable of loving. At that stage. Sure. Um, if that makes any sense. Which is that, which is to say that I understand that my definition of love and how I feel about love will change as I get older. What I'm saying to you now is that you are at the max definition of that for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, I, that's one of the things I really liked about this episode because it wasn't just Corey saying I love you. He was like, this is what love means to me just in case you're confused as to what I meant when I said this is how I feel. Yes. Okay, that's perfect because I want to talk about Corey's... Corey's definition. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, please do. Please okay. do. Okay. So, um, you know, Corey breaks into Topanga's room without <laughs> consent. Yeah, he does. She's like, "What are you doing here?" Um, he just he just jumps in. We've never seen Topanga's house before. We've never exactly. seen her room before, which is just the boys' room with the wall pushed in closer without the desk. <laughs> um, and Corey says that his definition of love is. Um, we've always been able to talk, I've always been able to make you laugh, and I always want to take care of you. Eric came outside and started teasing us. He said, Corey loves Topanga. He said, yeah, I hate her. That's when I knew. Corey, we were only six. Who cares? How could you know then? I'm not even sure I know what I love you means now. Look, all I know is you and I belong together. I mean, I've always been able to, to talk to you, to make you laugh. And I've always, always wanted to take care of you. But also, I just thought it was really funny that Corey said um, the thing about always being able to make her laugh. Because, I mean, I've loved the show for a long time. I can't think of a circumstance in which I've ever seen Corey make Topanga laugh. Absolutely. But I think that two things. One, we are starting this... Boy Meets World alternate timeline multiverse situation. Yes, where they've been dating since they were kids. They yeah, were yeah. like, depending on the episode, they've known each other or they've known of their attraction to each other since they were six, according to him. But later uh, on, we find out was when they were babies. And then there's another episode where they were on the playground or exactly. something. Exactly. So this is the beginning of that. This is also the beginning of like the, what is it? I would call that bathroom door the room of requirement because it's just like um the set that bathroom door set which oh, in yeah, this yeah, episode yeah, yeah. is Feeney's office but I believe in the next episode is the guidance counselor office it's a which at some point in time, time it's a bathroom it's the room of requirement yep. that episode oh, sorry that door literally is whatever we need it to be yep. and this is kind of where Boy Meets World's like continuality is not our strong suit 
we are using all of the elements that we have to tell the story that we need to tell. Well, I also think that we're just entering a new phase of the boy and boy meets world because what I saw from this episode was Corey not being goofy, not focusing on schemes, not focusing on baseball. He was as like as dramatic a romantic lead as we've ever seen him sitting on the bed talking about his emotions, how he felt, and it was all and, very well acted by Ben, by the way. I thought he did a phenomenal job with it, seeming very sincere. It seemed like he, I, I believed everything he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that this is just the, uh, we're going to see so much more of that than we are going to see the Ben and the Corey that we've been seeing over the last two years that I just thought that was the biggest pivot. Yeah, but like, I still feel like Corey in this situation, this whole situation with Topanga, I do not like Corey. And I say that because, first of all, when he goes to her place, Mm -hmm. he's like, I came here to get all my stuff. And she's like, what stuff? He's like, well, my jacket for one. So very petty and childish. And then he goes, and you have all my feelings. Like, it's like, it's on her. The onus is on her. I gave you my heart. You didn't reciprocate it. Shame on you. This is not going the way that I thought it would be. And now I'm mad at you for not talking to me. Which, by the way... Again, it was something where she was like, meet me here so we can have a conversation. And he kind of pushed the issue. Yeah, 100%. Um, Yeah, my issues with Corey in this episode was that he was... Um, I'm going to say I love you, and I'm expecting you to say it back. Yes. I am going to say this to you, and I'm expecting you to respond and feel this way. And if you don't, this I'm going to get upset with you. I'm going to get mad. And granted... Topanga, communication, not her strong suit in this episode. We can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. She could have handled some things differently. Absolutely. I can understand Corey's frustration, but Corey also was saying, this didn't go the way I saw it going, so for that reason, I'm upset at you. Exactly, absolutely. I saw a meme the other day where someone was like, whenever um, guys say women are too complicated... What they mean is you're not fitting the trope I had in my head and I'm mad at you for it. Like I had this archetype that I thought you would (laughs) fit into. You're not fitting into any of these boxes and that is frustrating to me. So you're too complex. And I definitely feel like that comes through in this episode. One of the things I will have to say that I really aligned with Corey in is something that definitely made a huge impression on me when I first saw the show is Corey has a line where he's like, what's wrong with saying how I feel? If I meant it and I'm honest with it, Eli encourages this. I'm so on board with that. I thought that that was a really, um, like as a kid, it it really like, it made the impact that I think it was supposed to make, and which is speak your truth. Don't care how your friends are going to respond to it. Don't care how people are going to react to it. Speak and own your truth, which is what Eli tries to... Well, yeah, I think, honestly, when I think back on Boy Meets World, that's one of the kind of uh totems that i i carry with me is this authenticity this screw the world screw expectations i'm doing what feels right to me i mean like that's often seen even with sean and Corey. you know i mean like their bromance in general was something it was so refreshing and something that people identified with because it fought expectations yeah and i think like saying like um you know i'm gonna do whatever i want is different than i'm gonna say what's what is authentic to me. I think there is something like, like in the next episode when we get there, you know, we see Sean kind of being really selfish. I'm just going to do whatever I want and do this. Yeah. Whereas Corey's not doing anything that's really going to affect anyone else. He's just voicing how he felt. And of course he wouldn't re- he responded to it very shitty. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was a very brave thing for the show to tackle in this way. I just wish, like, I agree. It's just that it, ends with him being rewarded and I would have liked a little bit more conversation of I don't owe you and I love you yeah. but um I the communication is what we needed to have I would have really preferred if the show had ended with Corey saying to Topanga what his definition of love is and her responding in a way that's like okay I'm going to continue this relationship with you if that's cool with you. And I'm going to say I love you when I'm ready to say it. Something yes. like that where it's not yes. like this, I need you to say it back to me in order for us to be together. Kind well, of what I, I mean, I agree. But one of the things I kind of will give the show credit for is Topanga does not say it until she hears his definition. Because what she says is, he says, I love you. And she goes, we're 14. 
I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the word love means, and I'm not going to say something when I don't know what I'm signing up And she for. essentially says, oh, that's what you think love is? I'm cool with that definition. Yes, and that's what, that's what I like. Yeah. There's this redefining of what it means for you two. And it's like, if, if, if what you're saying is our language does not have the adequate word other than love to express this, and I know that love also could mean this heavier, larger thing. But for me, it means simply this. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And I think, honestly, this is a great lesson about, Absolutely. like, having a conversation where you, like, where you say how you feel, but being more specific than using generic phrases. Absolutely. Because we see in this episode that love means different things to different people. And so having to dissect that and being like, what do you mean by that? I feel like it's healthy for people at any age to have Absolutely. It's so funny because one of the things I wrote down in my notes is words mean things. Yeah. And it's something that I say in my relationship all the time. Where when um, my boyfriend and I are having a conversation, sometimes there'll be an argument, but we're not arguing. We're actually on the same page. Sure. We agree. But someone used a word or a phrase that meant something different to the other person. And sometimes we just have to trace back and say, okay, what did you mean when you said this word or phrase? Yeah, Because yeah. once you put it in a different light or once you expand on it, you're like, oh, I agree with you. Sure. We're on the same page. And I like that um, something I've seen a lot of um, just in research of being in relationships and something that I think this episode does really good is as a couple defining your own terms. Yeah. And being like, there's the mass understanding and then there's what works for us. Sure. What did you think of initially how Topanga responded to Corey saying I love you? Uh, I was interested because I wanted to know what their response would be to that. You know what I mean? It's like, what what are they giving as her motivation? Yeah. Um, I think, personally, we're 14 is a legitimate concern. I also think that, yes... I, I, I think when I first watched this episode, I was more on Corey's side of, well, she should be more honest. She should be she should communicate more because they do have a friendship that exceeds long. This isn't just some person she started talking to. Yeah, absolutely. So I do. I, there was a part of me that was like, Corey deserves more than that. But as an adult watching this in 2019, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking this 14 year old girl doesn't owe this 14 year old boy an explanation or anything. Absolutely. She I mean, just feel this way. I feel like uh, if this was done now he would have texted that to her and he would have gotten the dot, dot, dot. Nothing. Nothing. Yep. You know what? Like, that's that's how I feel like it would work now. Sure. Um, and that is its own sense of anxiety and it's very similar. Um, but I feel like it was very true to life, um, which is that one person is like, hey, I'm really enjoying what's going on. And another person's like, hey, I'm thinking about the future, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's actually a very common TV trope uh, for why people break up, which is that you're here, I'm over here, and even though I was enjoying this, the idea that you're that committed to it is kind of scary because I hadn't thought that far. I will say, I was, I, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, I was caught off by how comfortable they were together in their initial date scene. Like, they were flirting left and right, they were making out, they were doing all these things that we had never really seen them as a couple out and about like this before. we never seen them flirting like this. Yeah. It was them barely telling each other how they felt, and now we're seeing them make out left and right. Like, it was this turning point, and in, in, in a way, I felt like they both appear so much older. Um, and I, maybe they actually, it's the show's way of saying this is going really fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like zero oh, to six. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I think that's giving them too much credit. But yeah. still, um, the only thing I wanted to say before we switch over to see the B storyline is uh, Amy and the sex talk. And this reoccurring theme of Americans being very uncomfortable with talking about sex with their children. Mm -hmm. Because, first of all, when Corey starts speaking, she makes an assumption, and she's going off of that assumption. She asks no follow-up questions, and you're like, this is the time to talk to your child. Yeah. Not to make assumptions and overreact and all this other stuff. It's very 90s. It's very what I expect. I'm not really blaming the show, but it's just, it did remind me of this idea of 
you need to talk to your children about sex because we are where we are with sexual education in this country because parents are like, oh my God, you're 14 and having sex? I can't deal with that. Yeah, yeah, it was just really interesting that, I mean, I I thought it was kind of a funny joke, actually. I thought Amy's reaction to Corey saying I went too far with Topanga was a very standard mother Again, response, but I know you're right. It, it is commenting on, uh, but I thought it was an accurate comment. Well, see, and that's well. I guess what I was watching something earlier, and the character um, is a teenager and was talking about sex to with their parents, um, and they were talking about like having sex and like all, yada yada yada. And my boyfriend was like, "Is that?" Uh, he was like, "I would not be comfortable with that. I would not want to have that conversation." And it was like. Why not? Yeah. Like, would you, like, A, if they're having sex, they're having sex. It's way better that they talk to you about what they're doing. They don't have to go into graphic detail. That's not necessary. But, like, being like, hey, I'm sexually active, and this is what's going on, and this is where I stand. You want to have that conversation. Yeah. Because otherwise, they're going to get misinformation elsewhere. Well, I think that we were fortunate enough to grow up with, like, two weeks of sex education <laughs> in school. So we know a little bit more than I think Amy and Alan knew about the importance of communication in that regard. Very true. Um, so I th- think it's standard 90s tropes. I, 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 don't, I don't blame it too much. One thing I do want to say about Corey and Topanga, uh, I completely forgot before we move on, is that there was a big thing that I noticed in this episode. And that is, um, you know, Sean's like you know, she's going to start making lists of all these things that she wants to do with you. And, Corey, you could just start making your own list of things you want. And Corey's like, yeah, like thrift shops and antique shopping. And Sean's like, Corey? And Corey's like, I I just want her to like my list. What we see in that little snippet is, I think, a grander reflection of Corey and Topanga's relationship, which is once Corey starts dating Topanga, he becomes consumed by Topanga, and they both begin this old man, old women trope of, like, we're not really into what all these young kids are into. We're much old, like, we're like old an old married couple. And it stales out their characters completely. It's actually really funny that you say that, because I would say that in some ways we see Corey and Sean go through the young couple... Sure. Ebbs and flows, you know, roller coasters in their relationship. But you're right. Corey and Topanga, because it's kind, because she's been part of the show since the first season, it's kind of grandfathered in. And they have old married couple problems and very, not none, but very few uh, new couple problems. And, and that's part of the thing is that, like, you know, they're into antique shopping and all these things that 14-year-olds probably shouldn't be into. <laughs> and throughout the season, and this is one of the things I've, I've noted about the season, is that, you know, they get in a rut where they're just kind of watching boring movies every night. And that eventually leads to their first breakup and grass is always greener. So it's, it's interesting to really, like, even in this beginning phase of it, that that's a problem. That's one of those red flags that you don't realize is a red flag until after the relationship well, is over. Yeah, you start you you start off with being in the relationship and not dating. Yes. And then once you start hanging out together and you're just like, oh, I mean, I, again, I'm overanalyzing this moment, but it's only because I do see this being a tradition um, that at least we're going to see with this couple for the remainder of the season. Absolutely. And I think that's important to note because um, as you said, Boy Meets World kind of set the bar of what we expected um, at our age in oh, relationships. Yeah. And if this is your bar, then you do, you're like, oh, I got to get in the relationship and then I have to be in it and consumed by it. Well, you know, they always, you know, episode, the pilot, episode one, and also later on in uh, Long Walk to Pittsburgh, they use this Romeo and Juliet comparison. And, yeah. you know, it's. Romeo and Juliet were so consumed with each other and they were so obsessed with each other and that's kind of like what they tried to build with Corey and Topanga they're star-crossed lovers they were meant to be you know they're they've been a couple they'll always be a couple and there's something kind of boring about that there's no like like Luke and Layla like are they going to get together are they not there's no tension there it's just like yeah they're that's it they're going to be together yeah they're together and then how do you again like 
it's kind of like always with Corey and Topanga, how do you make this marriage last? Yeah, how do you make this interesting? And I think that's why there's so much like, we're going to see so much of, yeah, Corey and Topanga are together, but he's kind of focused on Sean's shit because he has nothing going on for himself. That's a very good point. All right, um, before we wrap this up, I do want to talk a little bit about Eli. Yep. Um, because I think, first of all, I like Eli in the, in the elements where, like, his whole, um, not A, not wanting to talk to Corey. Yep. <laughs> Being like, uh, I don't want a 14-year-old friend. I, I think like, it's someone who gets it. <laughs> someone who calls out Jonathan for saying, hey, it's a Friday night. Let's go to where all my students hang out so that they can have personal conversations with me after hours. Yeah, yeah maybe and, we should get this shit to go. And Eli's like, uh, no. Yeah. And then you see him kind of reluctantly not want to be involved, but also being like, you know what? This guy does seem to be hurting. Let's see if I can help a little bit. Yeah. Um, and kind of take his advice. And I do like what he says about, again, all right, Corey, you heard what you heard, but does that sound like the truth? Do more. Investigate. Don't yeah. just accept what you heard at face value, um, which I think is great, which is like, you know, if you... If you don't know or if you don't like the response, ask more questions. Don't just be like, oh, this is what I'm seeing, even though I feel like there's something more there. What I really liked is that what we heard from Eli was a response that is very different than the advice that I think Jonathan or Feeney would have given. Absolutely. And I like that we're getting a different perspective. Like, yeah. we're getting, um, you, you know, I, I really like Eli's whole shtick of, like, truth and honesty in media. Yeah. And the fact that's a very 2019 thing to be able to distinguish truth in media. It's so funny that you brought that up because part of my homework I'll get into, yeah. but it's totally tied to that. But that was this moment was me being like, whoa. Yeah. This whole truth in media, don't believe everything that you see. They have what they're gonna show you, and then there's the truth. Like I was like, this is sadly ridiculously relevant. Brothers woke. <laughs> um, but in general, like I really liked um the hiring process. Like I loved Eli and Feeney going back and forth with each other. Eli has this almost like Damon Wayne's Jr. type of vibe to him a little bit. I can see that. For me, I think that I don't mind the introduction of Eli. Um there is something about him being like this um arrogant kind of oh no i'm gonna tell this person it's like no i believe that eli has gotten far in life by being someone who knows when to be on and when to be off yeah and i don't believe that he would have just went into this interview guns blazing but that again this is entry uh sorry the introduction of eli so maybe he would and maybe the more i get to know him the more i'm like no that's exactly well what i did. thought it was interesting that we learned that the reason why eli doesn't have a job was because he got fired for pursuing a truthful news story that the the, the broadcast did not want to air. Exactly. And the fact that he was a rebel in that way. He was a social justice rebel. And so we basically have AOC, AOC at the school right yeah. now. <laughs> and I just feel like that's an interesting dynamic. So for that reason, I'm on board with Eli. I like his dynamic with Feeney. I thought he did really well counseling the kid. And I think that he serves a place in this world. He does, but I feel like the... And this is my interpretation. I feel like the truth in media conversation felt forced. It felt like I believe him and what he's saying. And I believe the story and where it's at. I feel like the connection of truth in media and Corey um, pursuing the truth with Topanga Seems like one of those reaches. Well, I, you know what I, I mean? will say that Eli and his truth in media and his media production class actually goes on to play some pretty big parts this season. I'm, and in this regard, I will say, think of him like the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. No, no. He comes in for a season, <laughs> he rattles some shit up, but he plays like his truth in media thing in each Again, segment. Again, but what I'm in. saying is. I believe that, and I look forward to seeing his character. Yeah, yeah. In this episode, not thinking about his art as a character, in this episode, the connection of truth and media, like, this is, what I see it is, usually we have Feeney, or we have Turner, yeah. who are trying to take what they're teaching, and it parallels what's going on in the, the kid's life. So you're saying that Eli didn't teach anything to parallel? I'm not saying that he didn't teach anything to parallel. I feel like they reached for that connection. What I can't figure out is, look, I know she cares about me too. Sounds like she's not being honest. There's more story out there, go find it. 
Steve, she won't come back to me. Yeah, maybe not. But without the truth, you got nothing. And without your jacket, well, you're just cold. <laughs> it's it kind of like, it kind of feels like um, them being like, um, you know, I don't know, GMOs used in strawberries. And he's like, oh, strawberries were also used in the peanut butter and jelly sandwich Corey gave Topanga. And it's just like, oh, do you see how sure, this mirrors? Sure, and sure. you're like, I mean, it does, but like, not really. Yeah, I, I do. I am curious to why they gave him this shtick. But I'm not, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see I, this I, I season, like season, truth in media. I like, I like what Eli brought to the table. I just think of that the whole connection of search for the truth, don't believe the man, there is more out there, and so a teenage don't... girlfriend <laughs> yeah. is being awkward around the word I love you. They don't really mesh well together. It's almost as if Turner was like, hey, go talk to this kid, and he's like, all I know how to talk about is truth and media about <laughs> Just say bits and pieces of that. <laughs> just, just repeat the words truth and media, yeah, truth yeah. and media, and he'll get something out yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, see, I would have loved if they even did, like, kind of something like that, where Turner came back and was like, what'd you say? Honestly, man, I just kept repeating what I've been saying. Yeah. I didn't have anything else. I'm exactly. Um, okay, but instead, he kind of looks really good. Do you have anything else you want to bring up? Um, no, I think we covered everything. Okay, so, uh, bro moment. Do you have one? Yeah, I think the bruh moment for me was uh, how Eric emotionally manipulated his girlfriend <laughs> to believe that he was in love with her for uh, the convenience of not ending that relationship. See, for me, the bruh moment was Corey's We Were Meant to Be speech. It just feels, in my opinion, it feels very forceful to Topanga, and it gives her no wiggle room. You know what I mean? It's just like he kind of corners her and it's just like, I, again, this is where I'm at. This is where I want it. You didn't fulfill that. And because of that, you're a bad person. If, if bros don't have to be negative, I mm -hmm. will say the fact that Eli's introduction to these kids is him talking about fake news, I thought was kind of a bro. Moment. I was going to say that too. No, absolutely. I love that you brought that up because my other one was going to be, and bros don't have to be negative. It's just things that you were like, oh, wow, that's oddly relevant. out of place or very relevant to today for for a show that was recorded in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, the whole fact that we have to do the argument of truth in media, even now, makes me sad. Sure. <laughs> and how relevant it is. Um, do you have a Feeney taught me or anything like that? Um, my Feeney taught me is... Honestly, with Eli's conversation with Corey about just be honest about how you feel. Like, as long as you're honest, you can't go wrong. See, mine is my Topanga taught me is um, words mean things. You know, it's like needing to understanding the definition of what you're talking about in a relationship. I love that Topanga was like, I don't know, A, admitting, I don't know what this means. So help me get there. Sure. And I think that that is real. For me, that's the biggest takeaway from this. Um, episode, in order for any relationship to succeed, you have to be on the same page and the same definition. Open communication. Open communication. Okay, uh, what grade are you giving it? I'm giving this episode a B+. Really? I know that there's a lot of problems with this episode. I think it's very iconic. The jacket throwback, all of that stuff I found to be very heartwarming. I think it's classic, iconic Boy Meets World. It's Yes, it has its issues, but for the most part, I really enjoyed it. So. Okay, I'm going to give this episode a C+. Oh. Um, for me, it just, it was, it was messy. It was kind of all over the place. But I will say that the jacket throw made that a plus. I was like, <laughs> it, like the jacket throw is so iconic, yeah. and I really, I was like, it. it is a good piece, and I really do like that we are having this conversation. I just think this episode could have been tighter and better. Sure, sure, sure. Okay? Uh, homework. Homework. Oh, for homework for me is going to be uh, the new Lizzo music video featuring Missy Elliott. Yes! Uh, tempo. Yes! Um, because I think I broke the uh, <laughs> repeat button on that one. Um, yeah, the music video is just dope. Um, Lizzo's dope. Missy's dope. It's um, such a Missy music video. And it's just like, I can't sit still when I hear that song. Absolutely. So, we played it all weekend. Yeah. And I just really, really enjoyed it. The moment Missy comes out of that trunk, I'm just like, yes, 
Missy Elliott in her element. And I saw someone, um, someone posted like, Missy Elliott, how many tongue, how many tongue rolls do you want in this song? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I just all Lizzo's whole album is dope, and I'm sure everyone's heard it. But uh, yeah, go let's do it. I've been a Lizzo fan for a few years, and just to see her be blowing up like this is really awesome. It's so, so fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, my homework is Spider-Man: Far From Home, um, and I chose that one because it has a very similar message of don't believe everything you see, truth in media, um, especially now that look. Um, the environment that we're in and special effects and all this other stuff without spoiling the movie it is a very good follow-up piece to this episode in terms of um what is the truth and finding your own truth. sure sure yeah. i have not seen it so i can't <gasps> i can't wait I can't wait for you to see. It's actually now that you have AMC Movie Pass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, that's not the issue. The issue is that you have to watch thirty movies to watch it ahead of time, and I'm like fourteen behind. Oh my god! Did you watch time. Endgame? No, I haven't. Uh, why? What? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, um, thank you for listening to Brown Meets World. Remember, you can find us on all of the places that you are currently listening to us, uh, including Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all of the places. Uh, leave us a rating. Um, we always appreciate it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Brown Meets World or email us at Brown Meets World at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. And you can find me on Instagram at BraverMe at dot Braver dot me. Okay. And remember to dream. To try. And to do good. I'm going to do some good, y'all. Listen to tempo. <laughs> I, like, I like that song. <laughs>